Hello, my name is Wayne McGahee III, host of the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. For those of you that are returning listeners, welcome back. I really appreciate all of your guys' support as we make it our way through this season. If you're a new listener and you don't know who I am, I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for each of the last four seasons. I started out as an intern working for the NoLDigest.com site on the Scout Network. I took over as publisher of that site a year later, and then I got the job with the Tallahassee Democrat in August of 2016, and I've covered each of the last three seasons, uh, including this one, for uh, for the Democrat. I attend every home football home away bowl game uh, for every football game that Florida State has I'm in attendance I'll be up in Louisville this weekend covering that game for the Democrat and uh, every time every practice every time a player speaks every time Willie Taggart speaks to the media I'm there basketball I cover every uh, every basketball home game In postseason basketball games, I was in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run last season. Baseball, every home game, and every postseason baseball game. Uh, I was out in uh, Omaha for the College World Series two years ago when Florida State made it out there. Then I also cover every major and minor recruiting event that Florida State has. Um, So I have a pretty, I have a pretty good view about what what goes on around the program. And and how things are running and just just the overall you know state of state of the program right now we're in the heart of football season though basketball season does start uh, start on Thursday when Florida State kicks off uh, practice heading into the twenty twenty eighteen twenty nineteen season so there's a lot to be excited about there but we'll get into that more uh, more later this week uh, on Thursday we'll get into that but before you know we're, we're gonna this. It's Tuesday. We're going to talk about the Florida State offense. Um, some things that that I saw on the rewatch that I like. Some things that I didn't like. Um, some news from from practice. Some pretty big news from practice. And then we'll uh, we'll also talk about Florida State's recruiting class a little bit because Florida State lost a commitment today. We'll discuss that, and uh, we'll get back. We'll uh, we'll get into the rest of the recruiting class later uh, in the podcast. But yeah, just. Some big news from practice today. I think this is uh, extremely important. Um, So we're just going to start it off. But Landon Dickerson, Florida State's best offensive lineman, who has been out since, you know, the third quarter of the Virginia Tech game, was back in full pads practicing uh, on Tuesday. It was, it's, getting him back would be an absolutely, would be absolutely huge for a Florida State offensive line that hasn't been able to find a lot of consistency. They did better against NIU, but if Landon Dickerson comes back, um, you know I think that you can find a way to get your best five on the field. Right now, I think that the best five would be Dickerson, Minshew, uh, Everly, Arthur Williams, and uh, Brady Scott. Now, I think that if you want to keep the consistency that you've had, uh, Brady Scott got the start at right tackle against NIU and played fairly well, especially considering he was going up against Sutton Smith more often than not. Um, which, you know, if, if you listen to the podcast before, Sutton Smith was a uh, 2017 AP All-American. He led the nation in sacks and tackles for loss last season. And Brady Scott pretty much held his own for the most part. Um 
So I think that, uh, you know, keeping Brady Scott at right tackle would make the most sense, even though that's where Dickerson started out the season at. And pairing Brady Scott with Cole Minshew, who has started a lot of games. You have Eberle, obviously, in the center. Um, you know, we talked about, we talked yesterday about how bad, uh, how, how Eberle struggled with the snaps. And he said uh, that his hand was bleeding um, during his interview today, and that uh, it was affecting the way he snapped. So we have a we have an answer on why uh, why the snaps were were pretty, for the most part. I mean, there are twenty eight bad snaps. I mean, not, so now we know why. Um, I mean, hopefully, that's something that he'll be able to get fixed, and it won't be an issue against Louisville. But uh, then you put Arthur Williams at left guard, and you put Landon Dickerson at left tackle. Um, you know. Arthur Williams is an extremely athletic guy, and Dickerson's a guy that's, you know, he's a veteran. He understands what he's supposed to do. He He's the leader of the offensive line when he's out on the field. Um, so pairing a guy who's only been an offensive lineman for two months between Everly, who has the most starts of any player on Florida State's roster, and Dickerson, who's basically the leader of that uh, – of that offensive line unit would be extremely smart. And I think that's putting your best five, at least what Florida State currently has, the best five offensive linemen out on the field. Now, Dickerson isn't a normal left tackle. He's not, you know, he's not going to do anything special out there. Um, He's a guard. He's actually Florida State's starting left guard, uh, if you go by last season. And... um, you know, he was moved to right tackle because Florida State didn't have enough tackles, and they were hoping that Jawan Williams would be able to step into left tackle in the place of Josh Ball. Well, that didn't happen, um, and then Dickerson was forced to play uh, forced to play right tackle, but when he got hurt, Derek Kelly had to move from left guard to right tackle, and Arthur Williams and Cole Minshew and Mike Arnold have been kind of rotating in there. Um but with Dickerson coming back, you, you don't want to disrupt Brady Scott because it seems like he's settled in there pretty well um, against NIU. So we'll see. We'll have to continue to see how he does as the season goes on. But I think Brady Scott's probably your best option at right tackle. And if you're playing Brady Scott at right tackle, then you're going to play. You're going to have to play Landon Dickerson at left tackle because it's the choice of Landon Dickerson, who's your best overall offensive lineman, or Abdul Bello and Jawan Williams, neither of which have been very good. Um, so, you know, I think we're, we're not even sure if Dickerson will be back for uh, for the Louisville game. This is his first time practicing, so I'm not, you know, I'm not convinced that he's going to play this weekend, but it is a good sign that he could play at Miami. Um, If he can get back and he's able to play against Miami, that would be a huge win for Florida State because I I wasn't very confident that it was going to be before the bye week. Um, And he would be, I thought he would be back for Wake Forest. I did not think he'd be back for Miami, but with him starting up practice a little bit quicker than, uh, than I expected, um, you know, that, that could be a, a good that that's a very good sign for Florida State regardless, but it could be a good sign toward uh, getting him back for Miami and maybe even this weekend, depending on how how things go. But you know, overall, that's 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 only going to help the Florida State offensive line go. Uh, this is an offensive line that's you know was pretty terrible through the first three games. They were much better against NIU, and then. Um, you know, now they're going up to Louisville, which hasn't been able to rush the passer. 
and you know really hasn't been able to stop the run. I mean, it's just not a good defensive line. This is a chance for them to get some confidence, build some continuity, and Dickerson can come back and be able to play this week, and they can build that continuity as five and get some uh, get some confidence. That would be really really big for the Florida State offense as a whole. Um, some other, you know some other interesting things from uh, from today's practice. Uh, Trey McKitty said that uh, he learned or he he got better blocking this offseason because he learned from Bucks offense or Bucks tight end um, OJ Howard who came up to Tallahassee to work out with Jameis Winston, Winston this offseason. So Trey McKitty watched what uh, talked with OJ Howard, watched the drills that he went through, spoke with Ryan Izzo, who I believe is still with the Patriots. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, if he is or not, I, he was a seventh round pick of the Patriots, but I'm not sh- I, I don't think he made the roster, um, but he might be on the practice squad. Not sure. Uh, I'll look that up and update you guys next time. Um, but he, he spoke with Ryan, Ryan Izzo, but mostly he spoke with OJ Howard, who is tearing it up for the Bucks right now and, um, and watched what he did. And that's, that's why he's improved so much as a, as a blocker. Cause he has been a very, very good blocking tight end so far this season. It's been, uh, it's been night and day from what he was when he arrived. He, I mean, he acknowledged it himself that he was a primarily a receiving tight end coming in and, uh, he wanted to be a complete football player and a complete tight end. And he's really worked hard to make that happen. And he's, He's done an excellent job of blocking through the uh, through the first three games. In fact, uh, McKitty might be the the best offensive player through the first four games, like consistently uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But we'll get into uh, we'll get into the next segment here in a, here in a few minutes, talking about what happened at practice today. But before we do that. We all love a night out, and whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there for Florida State's biggest game of the year, with Vivid Seats, you can attend the game, concert, show of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for the for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, no spaces, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get, get to your favorite live event. Thank you for sticking with me as we head into the second segment where we uh, we talk a little bit about what happened at practice today, and um, you know some uh, some interesting some interesting thing. Florida State continues to start at null dr- uh, to start off practice at least what the media can see um, doing null drills, and one of the most interesting things that I saw today was that Cam Akers was taking part in it. Um, Akers hadn't been taking part of it, part in null drills, at least the null drills that we've been able to see since the beginning of the season. Florida State had been, it had been primarily um, Amir Razul and Anthony Grant going through those drills. So, you know, for him to be out there, um, I think 
it it's it's really interesting. I don't I don't necessarily know what to make of it. Um just because you know, he he's your star running back. He hasn't gotten going. Um, you know, the running game has not been great. But you also you're taking a chance of getting him hit in a in a situation, you know, that's that's not really conducive to getting injured, but conducive to taking taking big hits and maybe getting thrown the wrong way and it's tight spaces. So, you know, I, I completely understand that uh you know, that Florida State and Willie Taggart wants to get him going, wants to get him more reps, wants to have him work in tighter space. And that's what this drill does. It's all about working in tight spaces and making cuts. And, you know, th- I think that the, um, the more reps that he can get in a drill like this will just continue to help him. But it's also, uh, you know, you have to balance that with getting your your most talented offensive player. I will go ahead and call him that because he is the most talented offensive player on Florida State's roster. Uh, getting him injured, but I definitely think it's it's interesting to have it out there, and and I do think that it's going to end up helping him because the the most um, you know just getting reps in tight spaces because he he's been struggling to run north south behind a Florida State offensive line that uh, that hasn't given him a lot of room, and this this situation is you know putting him in a tight space and making him find the crease in order to break three. Uh, break free, and he he did that a lot. I mean, he found he found his way past the defenders multiple times, which you know is obviously a good sign. And it looked like he was out there having fun, which is uh, always a plus. So you know, he he had a smile on his face out there during practice, and uh, I think that's a that's a pretty good sign. But um, you know, with with uh, with Noel drills, Arthur Williams continues to be a force in these drills. Uh, he moved Corey Durden and freshman uh, defensive tackle Jamarcus Chapman out the way. Uh, he turned both and drove them back. I mean, it's really strong performance for the former defensive tackle who's con- who continues to have strong showings at offensive guard. Um, you know, I think he's one of the five best offensive linemen that Florida State can put out there. I think he should start at left guard when he came in for Mike Arnold. Um when he came in from Mike Arnold against NIU, the offensive line looked much better, and I think uh, going going with him going forward is a much better idea than um, than going with Mike Arnold, who's who's really really struggled. But uh, you know he continue Arthur Williams continues to show out in the Noel drill. Uh, Marvin Wilson had his way with Mike Arnold. Marvin Wilson, uh, I thought, was the best player on the defensive side of the ball for Florida State against uh, Northern Illinois. This is a type of drill that he dominates when he gets to go one-on-one, which isn't often. He's been uh, double-teamed quite a bit uh, so far this season, but when he gets to go one-on-one, he usually doesn't. Uh, he, he he makes the team that's doing it pay, and Mike Arnold was the uh, ha- had to pay for it this, uh, this time. Uh, Jamarcus Chapman had a nice rep against uh, Babian Johnson, and Christian Armstrong actually had a very good rep against defensive tackle Robert Cooper, taking and driving him back a few yards. It's really good to see from Christian Armstrong because when he, he came to Florida State, um, I got to see him multiple times in person. And my biggest question for him was a football mentality of, you know, in the run game, you want to take, you want to get your opponent, you want to drive your opponent. And I just never, when I was watching him during drills, you just never saw the want to. His, his first step was always back. It was never forward. 
Um, it, it just, you know, so watching him take that first step and drive Florida State's 200 and, or 350 pound defensive tackle off the ball and move him back a few yards uh, was, it was a good sign for the progression of Christian Armstrong. Um, Chaz Neal and Malcolm Lamar split a couple reps. Uh, and so, I mean, Wally, Amy, and Brady Scott split reps as well. Uh, Scott got Amy on the, on the first rep, pushing him downfield, and then Amy returned the favor by uh, getting Scott off balance and pushing him back and then get the ball, uh, getting the ball carrier. So, uh, Noel dribbles. it was fun to watch today. It's always fun, but um, Cam Akers being out there and taking part was the most interesting interesting part of it. Amir Razul, who usually takes part in it, I did not see him take any reps, so that is, um, you know, he, he had a touchdown, uh, his first career touchdown, so good uh, good for him, but his teammates were all excited about that today, just him getting his first career touchdown. You can tell they really like him as a, as a teammate, and he, uh, you know, he's out there working hard, so good for him to get that first career touchdown, but um, on, on uh, there was a couple guys missing that uh, kind of stood out. Um, Zaquandre White and I didn't I didn't see Zaquandre White or Josh Kando at practice today. Uh, that's not to say they weren't out there. That's just that when I w- when we were out there, they were not um, they were not with the defense during the media viewing portion. They could have been you know coming in late or something like that. So it doesn't necessarily mean they weren't at practice, but they weren't at practice when we saw them or when we were at practice. So that's, um, you know, something to keep an eye on over the next couple of days. We'll I'll monitor that. Uh, DeMarcus Christmas was a full participant in practice and looked completely cleared. He was, uh, he was participating in contact drills, pushing the sled, and pretty much going through every every part after missing the NIU game. Uh, Cyrus Fagan and Kalen Brooks were in non-contact jerseys. Uh, Fagan has been dealing with a shoulder issue, and I'm not sure what Brooks is dealing with. He'd been dealing with a concussion, but then that had him in a non-contact jersey earlier in the season. Not sure why he's back in it again. Um, everything looked good from the offensive end. Abdul Bello had a cast on his hand. Um, he did miss some time against Northern Illinois, but he he played. Um, he did come back and play. And then Cole Minshew's ankles remain heavily taped. I'm pretty sure his uh, his lower body is 90% tape and only you know 10% legs at this point, just because of how much tape he has on those two ankles. It's uh, it's quite ridiculous. I'm pretty sure they have to go through like four rolls to even get it done. But um, that was really all that happened at practice today. Uh, you know, uh, oh, Adonis Thomas. Um, Adonis Thomas, who was knocked for not being physical through all of the offseason practices or all of the preseason practices and the first three games, um, absolutely laid out the walk-on running back uh, during null drills today. Uh, is you know really the first time that it, we we've seen uh, Thomas be just physical, um, and so that I mean that was a really good sign. But he absolutely laid him out, and um, you know n- nothing like you know nothing to where he was you know like trying to hurt the kid or anything like that. But he just took him, drove through him, and drove him into the ground. It was a good, solid football hit, and it's something that uh, Thomas hadn't been doing in the past. So it was, it was definitely a, a good sign for him to get that together. And he was sworn by his defensive, uh, his teammates when when he uh, 
when he made the hit. So that's that's a very good sign. In the the final segment, we'll discuss the uh, the Florida State recruiting class and the loss of a commitment from today. But before we get into that, the wait is over. Football season's here, and that means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play for you. And I'm obviously not a fantasy expert because I got absolutely stomped this past week. Thank you, Tom Brady, for your 7.5 points. Go sit in the corner until you've uh, decided to come out and play. Yeah, so Stefan Diggs, you can join him. But... It was uh, it was a rough week for me, but I still enjoy playing fantasy football, even though I lost to uh, to my good friend. But and uh, he's he's been talking nothing but trash. But FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. And new users get a twenty dollar bonus when they make the first deposit on FanDuel. So you know if you enjoy fantasy football, if you enjoy playing fantasy football with your friends. Make sure to go to FanDuel.com and check it out because it's the best place for fantasy football. Thanks for sticking with me as we go into our final segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. And we're going to talk about how Florida State's uh, recruiting class is, uh, is going right now. And Florida State went from 16 commits to 15 commits with the decommitment of three-star cornerback Bernardo Renardo Green from uh, Apopka, and you know I I really like Green. I thought he was vastly underrated. Yes, he's he's a short corner. He's five ten, um, but the kid was a dog. He was a player. Uh, I really enjoyed what I saw from him when he came up for for camp a couple times. Um, but at the end of the day, he's a cornerback, and Florida State. You know, as much as I liked him. He was the third best cornerback in Florida State's class. Not third best defensive back, but third best cornerback behind five-star Akeem Dent, who's rated as the number two overall cornerback in the country, and um, Travis Jay, who is up to the uh, 163rd overall player in the country, according to the 24-7 composites, the number 17, uh, number 17 cornerback in the country. So, you know, I, I really, I'm a huge fan of Jay. I, I really enjoy watching him. He's physical. He's fast, and obviously, Akeem Dent is one of the best in the country. That dude's as a bad dude. All right, I've, I've got to keep it clean, keep it PC uh, on this podcast. You know, not allowed to, uh, <clears throat> not allowed to say exactly what I think of Akeem Dent, but uh, he's a bad dude. All right, uh, and it goes together with one of the. Um, uh, with with arguably the best safety class in the country with Nick Cross and Brendan Gant. Uh, Nick Cross is the number 68 overall player in the country, and Brendan Gant's the number 114. Um, so yeah, both of those guys, I mean, Florida State's defensive back class, even without Renardo Green, is uh, is pretty special. It's probably still the best defensive back class in the country. And his uh, his decommitment, I believe, dropped Florida State one spot. From number nine to number ten, Florida State's still in the top ten of the rankings, but I really like I really like uh, Renardo Green. He's still considering Florida State, from uh, what I've been told, but it's most likely that he's going to end up at Ohio State. He scheduled the Ohio State visit. Um, we'll see if he makes it back to Florida State, but um, yeah. So that's that. Going into the. Uh, 
the rest, you know, everybody's wondering about uh, four-star quarterback Sam Howell who ended up at North Carolina uh, this past weekend with a couple of teammates. We're going to have to wait and see on this one. Um, Howell hasn't decommitted from Florida State. Like, that's that didn't happen. Um, but he is taking, he, he did take a, take a visit North Carolina, and he might take visits elsewhere. Um, so, you know, this is definitely going to be something to watch. It's not something you want to see from your prized quarterback recruit, you know, three, you know, less than, what are we, two months from signing day now? Something like that, two and a half months. Yeah, two and a half months from uh, from the early signing period. Uh, Sam Howell is going to be an early enrollee. He's going to be an early signee. So this will be over in December. And Florida State, uh, Florida State really needs to hang on to this kid because he is a talented, talented football player. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see uh, what he does. He apparently he is going to take he's going to take some more visits. But, you know, as long as Florida State can get him back on campus for an official visit and, you know, and Walt Bell is here, I feel pretty good about Florida State's chances of keeping him. Um, Everybody wants to talk about the offensive tackles because Florida State needs the offensive tackles. And, um, you know, if Florida State's got one committed in Charles Cross and he's not an instant impact guy, the Seminoles are going to have to uh, are going to have to go through the JUCO ranks if they want to find somebody that's an instant impact because at this point it really doesn't look like they're going to land Evan Neal. They just haven't been able to find any traction at all uh, with him. So if if that uh, you know that continues to trend that way, you know there's really not a high school offensive tackle prospect that Florida State's uh, going to be able to bring in that um, that that will be an instant impact guy. I really, I really do like Charles Cross, but he's probably two or three seasons away before he, uh, before he, f- he's able to make a make a big impact. Um, so, with uh, you know, the JUCO guys, I mean, we're, we're still in a wait and see mode. The the JUCO offensive line, like JUCO offensive line rankings, are are really different from everything else because you don't really see how it goes until halfway through the season. That just doesn't happen. Um, so once, you know, we'll see as floor, as offers go out more throughout the season as, floor, as Greg Fry and Willie Taggart watch more film and decide who they want to go in on as far as the offensive tackles go in the JUCO ranks. I do expect Florida State to go after at least a couple of offensive tackles at this point um, just because... Uh, they they need the help, um, so you know that Florida State needs the help. They're going to have to figure uh, they're going to have to figure that out. But I don't uh, I don't see any way that Florida State doesn't take a JUCO offensive tackle this year unless they're just uh, there's absolutely none that they believe are Florida State caliber, which I I don't see uh, I don't see happening. But you know, Florida State's recruiting class is still sitting in a pretty good spot. Um, you know, Florida State's still working to get uh, one of the top receiver targets that they have. George Pickens is still the probably the primary target at that point, and that kid is super good. Uh, I'll argue with anybody after watching him in person and watching him uh, play that uh, he's the best. He's the best wide receiver in the country, and I'll argue it with anybody. Um, that kid is 
that kid's baller. He's he's really really good. Um, some other recruiting notes: uh, four-star defensive end slash tackle uh, Derek Hunter put out a top five that did not include Florida State recently. Um, you know how that happens, but it's basically you know that's the school he's committed to. These are the five schools behind Florida State. Uh, and it was full of a bunch of schools that probably wouldn't even take his commitment right now. Um, but he's a kid, I mean, Florida State's, right now Florida State's trying to fix a culture problem. It's trying to, you know, weed out the guys that are not bought into the, bought into what Willie Taggart wants to do, you know, in the classroom, in the community, and on the field. And I just don't see how taking a guy like Derek Hunter, who's been committed to multiple programs and is, you know, pulling the uh, the stunts that he's he's pulled since he's he was even committed. Like it didn't take floor like it didn't take even I don't know like six hours after he committed for the rumors to start uh, swirling that he had decommitted because he he deleted his commitment um, tweet and then he deleted the second de- uh, commitment tweet and still hasn't put one back it up. Um, and then he came to the uh, the Saturday Night Live event, but didn't want anyone to know he was there. Didn't plan on doing any interviews, and then did the interviews. But then he goes radio silent again. So uh, I just I don't understand how he fits into what Florida State's trying to do as far as the culture goes. Talented football player, but I'm not sure he fits what Florida State's looking to do. But. That'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll continue to uh, to stick with me as we go through this football season. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow discussing football practice, what happened to football practice, uh, what the defensive coaches had to say. Hopefully, we'll uh, not be talking about another deep commitment because uh, obviously those suck. But um, you know, we'll uh, we'll keep you updated with anything that happens with the with the recruiting class. But for the Locked on Seminoles podcast, I'm Wayne McGahey. Have a wonderful day.